Hello and welcome back to Jake's World, episode 31 of Jake's World. I'm your host, Jake Swinski, and today is Wednesday, August 26th. 2020 finally has some good news because the Nuance Magazine summer issue is here. The Nuance Mag is a budding music, art, style, and culture digital publication focusing on the promotion of talented and up-and-coming creatives. The sophomore Nuance issue hit the virtual shelves on Friday, August 14th, featuring Future's hand-picked prodigy, Seti Hendrix as the cover star. In addition to the loaded cast of artists in the issue, they announced the official release of the Nuance-approved clothing line. If you visit them on their website, www.thenuancemagazine.com, or go to at the Nuance Magazine and at Nuance Approved on Instagram, you can see all of the awesome vintage clothing that Nuance has to offer. You can use promo code Jake at checkout for 15% off of your purchase. Again, that's www.thenuancemagazine.com, promo code Jake for 15% off. Now that that ad read is out of the way, um, today's show is going to be a little more somber, obviously with the most recent events going on. I mean, I had a pretty good show planned uh, yesterday, um, had some computer issues and uh I mean, thinking about it, I think sometimes it's important to be serious and address some things that need to be addressed, but it's challenging to do it in a way that's not beating a dead horse or, you know, repeating the same things over and over that you see all the time. And that's challenging because sometimes that's what you need to do, right? Sometimes there isn't a ton you can say sometimes certain things need to be said and I felt like doing a less serious show wouldn't I'd be losing an opportunity to provide what insight I have from the entire situation and getting that out there even if only a few people listen to it that's I have a small platform, and that's sometimes I feel obligated to do that. So anything I was going to talk about can push that to the side or, you know, scrap it and focus on something that's a little more important. Now, I'm not going to take the traditional approach and say, oh, that was horrible, it was horrible, um, should never happened. I mean, of course, that goes without being said, right? I mean, this one was unique, just like the first instance of this brutality happening and kind of re-highlighting America to some of the problems we have as a society. It was on video. You can see it all, and it's grotesque, right? But I'm not going to start there. I want to start with the response of what happened today in the sporting world, right? I talk about sports a lot on this show, and I kind of want to lead through, lead you through my thought process onto 
what I think about that. And at first, I mean, I was at work and I saw that the Raptors and Celtics were talking about postponing game one of their um, second round playoff game. And it was in light of what happened in Kenosha on Sunday evening. Okay, maybe I wasn't quite sure of what to think of it just because, I mean, the Celtics were kind of, um, players on the Celtics were very open about some of the personal struggles they had inside the bubble. So I thought maybe, you know, it wasn't quite as serious or that claim didn't have as much validity as it could have. And then the Bucks and the Magic tipped off at 3 o'clock, and the Magic were on the court, and the Bucks players still stayed in the locker room, right? They didn't even show up for tip-off, for warm-ups. They just sat in the locker room. And then it was announced, you know, 15, 20 minutes after, that the game was going to be postponed. And then you saw kind of a ripple effect across the NBA, the Rockets and Thunder canceled their game. I think that was the. Th- uh, there's another one. The Lakers and um, Lakers and Blazers canceled their game. The Reds and the Brewers canceled their game. I think they were playing the Reds. I could be wrong about that though. Um, I'm not sure. I think a few other MLB teams canceled as well. I'm not sure what hockey did just because they played. I think one game was on during the day and one was on at like afternoon. I'm not I couldn't tell you what happened with that, but I don't think it's quite important to have those minor details you know 100% correct because basketball and Wisconsin sports are kind of the highlight of this just because they're taking a stand to highlight an atrocity that happened no really close to them. Kenosha is like an hour, hour and a half south of Milwaukee that's close to home. And, you know, I was thinking about the, not so much the immediate effects. Because, I mean, let me reword that. I'm trying to think of a way to get my, what I'm, my thought process across and explain it in a way that makes sense. Kind of reaching for words here. But a lot of times you see it in, um, you see some media scrutiny, less now, more of several years ago, that athletes should stick to sports, right? Athletes, especially the best athletes in all of your respective sports, especially the NBA, just because you see a little bit more of their personality. LeBron James is one of the biggest social media followings in the world, yet alone in the sporting world. He's been very active on everything going on. Um, and that's no different for a lot of the players. They have a huge, they have huge influence on people that follow them, and they can make a really big impact. But, you know, a few years ago, it was always, hey, stick to sports. You're not a politician. You're not, um, you're, you're not a community expert. You're a community activist, but that's not your field of expertise. Play basketball. You know, that phrase, shut up and dribble. 
think that was used in context to LeBron James. And um, that kind of goes along with that, kind of what happened today, right? The NBA and sports as a whole has a huge following right now just because there's not a lot of other things going on. And to see, you know, the NBA and the other sports leagues, not just the major sports, but a lot of other things kind of come together and, you know, take that stance and say, hey, we're not going to play today in honor, not in honor, but in light of the situation that happened several days ago. It's good. It's really good, right? But for me, my first instinct was, how does this help, right? Because when the whole coronavirus thing started, there was kind of this argument where it was player safety versus people's enjoyment. And then this kind of, the George Floyd incident happened, it kind of took a twist into that. I mean, is this a platform for people to, for the athletes to give awareness and highlight things they care about or passionate about? Or is it a means for people to escape all those real world problems? There's looking at the economics of it all. Like sports leagues provide huge economic incentives for everyone who participates in it from the athletes to the fans to, you know, vendors and, you know, local businesses that have to support an influx of people to an area every day. What's more important? Right? And I was thinking of it from a stance. Not even that. This ties into why I agree with them taking this approach after some thought about it. But at first, my initial reaction was, what does one game do? What does one day do? Right? All all the players can very easily say, hey, we're not going to play today in light of this. We're going to take the night off. We want you to think about that. Okay. Then what about tomorrow? Does tomorrow go back to normal? Do the same people that are tuning into your product to watch it, are they going to keep that in the back of their minds? Or escape from that? Now, then I pondered, the economic strain of even doing one day, that has a ripple effect. TV deals, advertising, endorsements, things like that. That affects a lot of things. And if you, you know, take a stance against an oppressive system, even if it's just a little, even if it's a little jab at it you're promoting the right message I suppose I mean how much it would affect I'm not quite sure I mean it's one day but that's something that 
is at least a stepping stone, right? If things don't change down the road, many of these athletes may say, hey, I'm not going to partake in this until real change happens. It's something to at least think about. It's in action, and I'm a big advocate for that 100%, even if it's the wrong action. I'm not even sure who said this quote, or if it's a quote, but I mean it's better to do something even if it's the wrong thing than to do nothing at all. And I mean that's where I'll leave the the NBA, the sporting talk of it all. Well, one more thing. It's nice to see like Wisconsin sports partaking in it and taking this seriously just because it is a huge issue everywhere, but it's a huge issue that was so close to Milwaukee, a major city in the Midwest. Kenosha is not that large. I think it has 50 or 100,000 people at the very most. And that's a very real thing, especially in a smaller town, right? Those small towns tend to get national attention, especially if it's in a state like Wisconsin, right? If this happened in Chicago, it would be a little different because these tragedies happen every day. You don't see this in southeast Wisconsin, yet alone outside of Milwaukee. If you do, it's very rare. And I think, like I said, taking a stance, whether you disagree with it, or even if it doesn't work to create the most impact it can, you're doing something. And doing something is certainly better than ignoring the problem altogether. Now, the direction I want to go here is less about the incident, but with how we approach it, right? And it's not even just the issue of systemic racism or um, white supremacy or you know oppression of disenfranchised groups, right? It's more about how we handle this these issues in our everyday life with our interactions with other people in person or online, right? This year has been the most contentious year that I've ever remember, and it's probably been that way for everybody, right? You could be 15 or 85. It's This year's been hard for everyone, right? And the way that we receive all of our information, not the platform it's on, because that doesn't matter, but the way it's presented to us creates a division in between the waves that we align ourselves politically, it being an election year, right? And it just, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I know where I'm going. I'm just trying to pace myself there. We are blasted with information all day long, right? And instances like these come up all the time. And the way we go about arguing these things need to be more productive, right? 
I will say that there's no defending what those two, three police officers did in Kenosha Sunday afternoon. I think that's fair to say. They were in the wrong. That man was also in the wrong. Now, I'm not justifying those actions whatsoever. There are, you can name instances where white people have done a lot more and received harsher punishment. You can, there are instances where black people have done a lot less and got harsher punishment. I think I said that right. White people, less harsh punishment, less severe penalty. It doesn't matter because this could be vice versa. It happens all across the board. Now, if these things happened in an election year, and if we didn't have such a polarizing president, loved and hated, maybe we could have a more productive conversation about how to fix this problem. And some of you listening may not like to hear this. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It really doesn't. People on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else that you can interact with people or you get information, you're all being lied to by both sides, right? The left politicians, Democratic politicians do not care what is happening in these cities. Republican politicians do not care what are happening in these cities. They don't care. This isn't an election here. Pull your head out of your ass. They are trying to divide us as citizens. They have made it with the way they present news and the way they attack each other and the way we consume what they say and incorporate it into our own beliefs. We have made it, they have made it so we cannot have productive conversation anymore. All Democrats aren't communist usurpers who want a, a dystopian society. Not all Trump supporters are bigots and racists. And it's wrong to say that anyone who supports that person, whatever side it is, is a communist or a racist. Because it's not true. Everybody's different. That median to where we can debate and compromise and agree to disagree is now gone. Because we have taken the intellectual conversation piece out of the equation altogether. It's just insults, back and forth, one side or the other. Nobody defends a que- or attacks a question in a productive way. Nobody answers a question with reasoning. Even if your reason is not based on fact, even if it makes you feel a certain way, that's okay. I don't like this person because of the way he or she does this. And... I don't like that. I think he should, he or she should do it this way or this way or that way. That's okay. 
But you cannot assume a blanket statement over anybody that aligns themselves with a certain person politically. That's called a stereotype. Stereotypes and applied to a ethnic group or a race is called racism. That's what that is. It's the same thing except you're applying it to political science. It is. I work in a conservative area up where I live. I grew up in a conservative area. Not everybody up here is racist. Just because they have beliefs that don't align with yours does not give you the right to attack them and say, oh, they're racist. Just because people live in a big city does not mean, oh, they want universal basic income and they'll sell your soul to China. They, some people don't think that way. Everybody has their own opinions, and with the way our political climate is today, it's impossible to even reason with one another, to have these conversations about what we should do, how we should go forward, what can be done to make our situation better. Because the bottom line is, when it comes to this presidential election coming up, a side note, the president has the lowest influence on our lives compared to your mayors and your governor and your senators and local politicians. I've said that before. I'll stand by that because it's true. Shit, I should have saved that for the end. But lost my train of thought. Anyways, we need to get back to... Oh, there we go. Just just thought of it. It doesn't matter who caused it anymore. Our politicians have played the blame game for as long as they've been able to communicate and do debates. George Bush ruined it for Obama. Obama ruined it for Trump. Who knows what's going to happen next? I don't think that's a productive way of handling it because it's not just with politics of this country. It's with your life situation. Sometimes it doesn't matter how you got there. It doesn't matter what mistakes were made in the past. It doesn't matter how you could have done things differently. There are three things, past, present, and future, and you can only control one of them. The present. You don't know what the future will hold. And you can't change the past. But you can work towards a future you want. It's the only thing you can manipulate it. What I'm trying to say is. We can't change what was done. And we don't know what will happen. But right now. We can control what we do going forward. Now, I'm not even talking about voting. That's months away. Don't spend your free time on Twitter attacking people that don't align with you. You're a beta if you do that. Like, 
those people that tweeted Donald Trump all day long, you're sissies, you're, you're losers. He's not listening to you and he doesn't care. He doesn't know who fucking Tim Schmidt blowjob is tweeting at him with 65 Twitter followers. He's not listening to you and everyone else thinks you're dumb. Even if they support you, it's like, what are you doing? Live your life. Everything is going to be okay. But we can control what we do going forward. And it doesn't happen at a, a huge scale unless everybody's working together. One person can control how they interact with 10 people every day. If you can take your 10 conversations you have every day and impact one person Maybe they can do the same to another person. Maybe they're good at talking. They can impact two or three people. You just need to be a good person at the end of the day. Just be a good fucking person. Don't contribute to the problem. Make it better. Make this a solution better. And I'm not in a position to give a solution. I don't write laws of the state, this county, this country. I don't do that. But I can do this. I can talk into this microphone. I can try to educate people around me or give my perspective and maybe that'll change your mind. And if everybody does that, this world will be a better place. And stop worshiping political figures as godsends. Donald Trump is not the Antichrist and he's not Jesus Christ. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will not save this country. They won't ruin it either. They're just politicians. They're, they're just elect, they're potentially elected officials. I mean, that's really, I mean, of course, you have to take intelligent approaches to how we go about, you know, raising awareness and sparking change, promoting change, tearing down statues and burning businesses and looting and rioting and you know assaulting people in the streets aren't going to make this situation better black lives matter at its very core is a fantastic movement it's advocating that black lives matter and i think the all lives matter defense a response to that is extremely ignorant. Of course they do. That's not what the movement's saying. It's saying my life, like I'm not black, but I was. The black person's life matters. And it does. Worry about that right now. That's most important. I understand that message. But it's not just conservative people who 
get turned off by that message when they see what's going on in large cities all across the country. I'd say most people get turned off by that when they see what's going on across the country. I don't like when people compare history from 250 years ago to what's going on now. The Boston Tea Party was not at all like rioting in the streets. The Boston Tea Party had economic impact on a commodity from Britain, which is 3,000 miles away, that you had to sail across the coast for tea shipments. They dumped it into the harbor. Oh, but there's lots of money there. You're not destroying somebody's entire life by dumping tea into the harbor. That was making a point. Because Dutch East India Company lost some money that day. A huge corporation across the Atlantic. Not some couple who owns a floral shop in downtown Kenosha or whatever it was. Having your life's work burnt down. Oh, but there's insurance. Yeah, but that's not the point. They have lasting economic impact now. Because now they have to make a claim and pay higher insurance. And frankly, they didn't do anything to you. It's wrong. Go about it in the right way. Another one I saw today, the French Revolution. The French Revolution was fucked. Yeah, they overthrew Louis and Marie Antoinette. And they executed a lot of other high-ranking officials in the French monarch of 1789. But look what happened after that. Um, One of the world's most infamous tyrants, Napoleon, came to power. What I'm trying to say is that's not the answer. <laughs> make it, adding more violence to a violent situation is not going to make it any better. I get you're fed up. A lot of people are. I'm fed up. I don't want to see this anymore. I want police to do their job the right way. And not react out of fear. I want them to be trained. And qualified to do that job. Because that's probably the biggest issue with our police force in our country. It's not funding. It's not the weapons they use in most places. It's not the equipment they have. It's their training. It's the environment they are in. I was talking about it with my dad, and he's like, you don't ever see this 
kind of, those kind of things up in rural areas? Well, yeah, of course you don't, because they've never had to. If you were to switch the roles of police officers in the kind of setting they're in, you'd see instances like this all the time. And it shows you that our police officers are not adequately trained to do these kinds of... They're just not able-bodied to handle the stress of quick reflexes sometimes. And we need to have better screening and better training and continued training. It's not just uh, you go to the academy and oh, here's your gun, there you go. It's not. It shouldn't be like that. It's not like that. But it, there needs to be a more thorough and rigorous process into allowing people to become police officers. But I think I've went on long enough about this. Sorry for the heavy show material today. I just felt like I needed to say something and even if it was not helpful for you, maybe it's helpful for someone else. So just be a good person. <laughs> That's really it at the end of the day. Just think, put other people in your thoughts. Put yourself in their shoes and just be a good fucking person. No plugs today. That's all I got.